everybody, it's Eloise Ansel here and welcome to the Dose of Truth podcast number seven. So, myself and Terri-Anne have a lot of skills and a lot of things that we'll probably end up showcasing over the years on this podcast, but one of the things we're both quite passionate about is tarot reading. Now, some people think that's weird, but it really is a wonderful tool for just interacting with our intuition. So for us, it is a tool for kind of uh, enabling and stimulating and just being able to get in touch with that. And we use tarot not to fortune tell, but to really be a tool of personal development and transformation. So we've been developing an online tarot course for ages, won't be coming out for a bit, but Terry Ann's been reading tarot since like, since she was born, I think. Um, and <laughs> so one of the things we're going to do every now and again is just put in a tarot reading into the podcast, just because it's something different to do, shake things up a little bit. And they're fascinating to actually see how Terry Ann does them, how she pulls them together. And you may learn something about yourself listening to someone else's reading. So without further ado... We have a podcast for you today, which is Terry I'm reading for a lovely lady, and we'll catch up with you next week, maybe for a normal one. <laughs> Any suggestions for what you want us to visit, look at, or anything, please get in touch with us and drop us an email. Have a great week. Take care. Bye. Hi, Sarah. Uh, welcome Hi. to a Dose of Truth Tarot podcast. So you've offered to be my guinea pig for a a tarot reading. So what I'm going to start with is a little bit of numerology. So what I do is calculate your birth path and also your personal year. So the birth path is basically the way you would look at the world, the way you deal with the world. It's the year you were born in, okay? So um, in your case, you're born in an eight. Now, this is the most rudimentary, fundamental way to deal with numbers. There are very, very complex ways to deal with numbers. It includes your name, all of the letters in your name, and all of the um, numbers in the letters. So we're not doing that right now. I use the birth path, the personal year, and also when you come to the year of your birth, which will be next year, actually, 2019, you'll be in the year of your birth. That also denotes what I've just termed a psychological year. So there would be a rebirthing process going on next year when it comes to your psyche. And this year would be an ending year in that case. So it's, it has a lot of layers. I'm not gonna explain the whole thing, but at least to give you an idea that being born in the number eight, it the eight in a cycle, a cycle goes from one to nine, and eight is basically where the cycle culminates before the denouement of nine. So here you go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then nine is the letting go, the cleaning out of your of your closet sort of thing. So in eight, usually what starts to happen are several things. So to 
give you a little summary. One of them is a bit of boredom, right? You could you could have this wonderful business, um, but doing the continuing with the business over and over again, there's a, a sort of creative element that starts to rise from it within. You find it fascinating when you. This is supposed to be a year of boredom? No. Okay. No, this is your birth path. Oh, okay. So this is the year you were born in. Mm -hmm. And next year, well, and, and listen to the words because it, it, the, the levels of boredom can be varying depending on the person. But we know that boredom precludes creativity. Without boredom, we can't be creative. So it's really important when we get to, let's say, the culmination of our business, it's doing everything it's supposed to do. It's, you know, let's say buying and selling widgets, okay? And it keeps buying, you keep buying and selling those widgets. At some point you might want to expand or you might want to diversify into something else, not just expand widget sales around the world. Maybe you want to diversify. Maybe you start saying, well, you know, I'd like to go into you know, construction or computers or whatever you want to do. Um, that usually occurs in eight where this, this sense, and it's fascinating because it usually happens to people where they start to think of other ideas. Every time I have come to an eight in my cycle, that begins, you know, kind of say to myself, great, you know, everything's working. Now I can just be satisfied and live with this the rest of my life. And then eight comes around and you're, you begin to feel this energy that starts to tell you, wait a minute, I could do this and I can do that and I can do the other thing. Yeah. So, and, and a secondary aspect is money, right? So often people who have eight, um, a lot of their life revolves around money. Now, the, the problem is you could say that about a lot of people, but some people are extremely successful in eight, but it will depend on your other numbers. Right, okay. eight might be your only your birth path, and you might not have the the tools to to make money flourish. You might not be in tune with the universal law of abundance, or you may be totally in tune with it at the disregard of, let's say, finding meaning in life. You know, so so there there are several things going on. So money is part of it, but that's abundance. It's energy, um, also finding meaning. So that's just a little synopsis of the eight. And then when you get this year, your year is a seven. And seven denotes you can do nothing. So in um, religious terms, the seventh day God rested. So there's nothing you can do. No, absolutely nothing. You know, here's a day where nothing's occurring. Just like you say, I'd like to go see a bank teller at 2 a.m. At present in our history, you cannot walk into a bank at 2 a.m. and see your bank teller, right? Okay. So there are certain things you can't, uh, you won't be able to do. They will occur without your apparent volition. Though in, you know, in, in tarot, there's, and I'm not going to get too deep into this philosophically at the moment, but, you know, whether we have free will is... Um, is uh, is debatable or questionable rather it's not so much debatable we we appear to have free will but whether we have control over the choice is another thing entirely so we live within that duality so oftentimes we're trying to have control over things well it's okay to have some healthy control like yeah I'm not going to eat the whole cake 
right? So, right, I'm not going to do all of that or I'm not, I don't have a lot of money, so I'm not going to go into a million dollars worth of debt. Uh, that, that's healthy control. But there are elements of control that are trying to control the future where that is impossible, right? right. Which yeah. brings us to tarot, numerology. What, what are we really doing here? Now, before we started the podcast, you asked me if you're not here with me to shuffle the cards, yeah. well then, you know, what happens? Well, nothing really. It's, it's not going to make much of a difference because the, the complexity of what we're doing is really looking at not the, the necessary outcome of the future, but there's a bigger interaction going on here. You, um, I actually can see Zara on Skype now and um, seeing her, uh, she'll nod, she'll make comments. So, you know, I usually do this blind. I don't, I don't usually keep the video on. Um, so I'll still hear things, um, what, whether that's um, the only thing going on uh, for our rational minds, we say, yes, that is what's going on. That's what's happening in our heads. Uh, that's what we think is happening in real life because it occurs in our heads. Well, you know, when you think a little bit more deeply, there's an energy exchange going on. Computer, yeah. no computer, We're, we have we have an energy exchange going on. So you can study it psychologically. You can, you can study energy medicine and see that our minds are interacting, our fields are interacting. All this information is being passed to and fro. Of course, the, the inevitable is I have filters. And whatever you say, do, whatever I look at in the cards, how I've perceived the cards are running through my own filters. Of course I do my own personal work so that I am reducing my filters as much as possible. But there's no way to say that you don't have filters. You're gonna have filters to perception. And also Sarah will have filters to her perception. She, and you know, over the years, Sarah, one of the things that, that I find incredible is I can do a tarot reading and I, I don't remember them very well, but if somebody calls me the next day and says, you said this, this, and this, I'll say, I, that doesn't sound like me at all. It doesn't sound like something I would say, go back and listen to the recording. So it's why I, I record everything. And they, they say, no, 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 you said I said, please listen to the recording. I'm not going to do that for you. I can listen to it too, but please go and listen. And they'll re-listen and come back, give me a call and say, my God, it was exactly the opposite. You said exactly the opposite of what I repeated to you. So sometimes we have to hear several things to, to kind of blast through our filters. Okay, so um, whether I shuffle or not doesn't matter. What's, what's going on is, yes, there are archetypal patterns in the cards, but I'm not using only a definition. I'm not using one image from the cards. There's a combination of images and how that all goes into, well, my left brain um, knows, knows the, the data, right? And it stays occupied. And then the right brain intuitive can now engage with the left brain data. And that's what we call being in the zone. And in that place, we find out a lot of different things. Now, I'm not going to be, get more complex because there are a lot more things going on. I've studied and worked in things like Mindscape or what you know many people might know of as um, uh, the Silva method of mind control, and you know we we learn different ways to uh, get into a workshop. Where in that workshop, 
what is going on is not the same as what's going on in our imaginations, okay? So that's that's just a little piece. So that's what's going to be happening here. And because I am very involved with the stories of our lives, most people wanna change the story, the outcome, but they're not really looking at a value system or um, how they wanna lead their lives. They, they can often uh, look at life as though it's luck, it's, it's chance of the draw or I can magically uh, or magical thinking just just change the outcome. So what we look at is what are the stories that are age old, like mythology, fairy tales, biblical stories. They're age old telling us that other people have been through what we've been through as well. And they give us guidance and practical ways to to deal with things, to, to see ourselves in a, in a clearer way. So the numbers kind of do the same thing. So here's your birth path and your personal year is a seven. And as I was saying, the seven is seventh day God rested. There's nothing you can do in a seven. You're, you're born in the 10th month. So the, the numbers don't change just because the numerical calendar changes. So it's not like 2018 for you is a seven and 2019 is an eight there will be overlap. So what the tarot is gonna show us is how much overlap. When, like, is your, is your number going to change closer to October? But remember, there's always this constant overlap, which means two things. You'll be coming back to the year of your birth, which is eight. So that means you'll be an eight, eight next year and a one uh, in your psyche, where your psyche is is going through a letting go this year. So seven, which is the seven year itch as well, there's nothing you can do about it. Your psyche is going through a change. It's also in a, a nine year. And with even though you don't, you aren't in a transition cycle yet, you're having this internal transition going on. And it'll only be more apparent to you as you get well into next year. So the next number, 2020, you will be in a nine, which is a letting go, which will feel much like this year did. But it's, well, it'll feel that, the, you know, you're, you're dropping things, but there won't be the sense of you can't do anything. You can actually actively clean out, which, which is going to feel refreshing unless there's something you don't want to let go of. No. <laughs> well, you'll you'll see when you get there, right? Yeah. You never know what you don't want to let go of till it actually appears. Because yeah. the conscious mind only knows what it knows. But the unconscious mind think it's going to be another almost two years where you're going to be in a process of the unconscious mind rising to the surface. And that stuff sometimes we go, well, I can't let go of that. Well, my mom passed away this year. Right. Sorry that's, to hear. That's, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the... Um, in, in this case, though, it's not talking about death, but it might be talking about letting go of the person because it could take you... Exactly. Yeah, a year or so to, to yeah. let go, right? Yeah. Okay, so there are your numbers. Now, what I'm going to do is shuffle. So one of the things that I like to do 
whether this is important or not, you're watching me shuffle. Yeah. And you're going to tell me when you'd like me to... Oops, stop. <laughs> oops. <laughs> I'm trying to show off my shuffling ability and absolutely <laughs> failed. <laughs> And you just let me know. I'm going to shuffle them just sort of standard here. And just breathe. I'm just going to run my fingers alongside. Okay, you can watch me running them and you're going to tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. So we've already got, I even, you know, everything's kind of a prediction, right? So here you go where you've got very few cards left. So we already know you're, you're really ready to end the cycle. So what you're saying is, ah, okay, I'd like, I'd like this to be over with. Oh, yeah. So the, the first card that, that I looked at, look at is one in the past. And this one um, deals with uh, where you've been emotionally and how you relate to yourself. It's excellent because it's upright and it's the two of cups. And it's just saying, well, you've come to a place where you're relating to yourself more likely a lot better than you have done in the past. So excellent card to be moving into the past. Yeah. And then I pull one out for the, for the last card. And it's very similar. This is the balance or justice card. So it's just showing that, okay, whether you think it or humans think it or not, the the universal justice is coming to fruition. So your journey that you've traveled is, um, well, you could say karmically regulating uh, ignorance or not regulating, but transmuting ignorance into wisdom. So you're well on your way. And we're going to look in the present. So your first card is the Seven of Wands upside down. Next card, you can't get better than this, Seven of Coins upside down. So remember, you are in the year of seven. You think this was set up, right? You know, it freaks me out. Yay! It's just like, how does that even... So in the present, you've got um, a little bit of... Um, well, let's say difficulty with the phase that you're in. So um, you can say, to make it really simple, financially, um, you could say you're in a deadlock. Creatively, you're in a deadlock. Um, those two things are not working very well in you. Now, sevens would have said, okay, there's nothing you can do about it. It, it works well if they were upright, but they're upside down because there's some kind of stasis going on. You're, you're just in a, a sort of rut. Now, that's okay because as we know, you're seven, you're only at the beginning of it, really. Okay. 
Um, and we also know, I forgot to mention that, um, sorry, the, the justice card also, I'll just keep mentioning that no matter where we go with this reading, it's always gonna balance out. So you have a card that already tells you, hey, this is going to work out for me. So that's an interesting process. You're in, a, in the part of the cycle uh, or part of your story where all of the, the difficulties are starting to, to show why they've been around. Take your time. Yep, yeah, no, I can feel that, but it's good um, to just allow it to flow before I go on. Yeah. Let, just enjoy it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, life is tough enough. It's, the minute you get some relief, it's, it's a wonderful thing, right? Yeah. It's a, and, and remember, there's a, there's a beautiful healing process going on for you, right? Yeah. You know, likely you just haven't given yourself a break either. No. And when the, when the mind doesn't give you a break, um, it just keeps repeating the same old and you manifest the same old, right? So I'm going to go straight for the gusto here where your biggest problem lies, okay? The star card talks about several things. But one of them is be playing the starring role in your life. So just imagine a circle and a dot in the middle. So here you are born and you're right in the middle of your life. Energetically within yourself, you're in your center. And then how you see your life, you're in the center, playing the starring role in your play, in your life, in your fairy tale, whatever your story. But... As you age, other things supplant the self. It can be studying, making the bed, being responsible to parents, pleasing the parents, um, you know, conforming to whatever's going on. So imagine that little you in the middle of this whole of your life starts to move to the side. Okay? And everything else goes in the middle. I've got to do, do, do. Gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta make this, gotta make that. And we lose touch with ourselves. So because your card is upside down, it says you haven't done this yet. You haven't, you haven't done this yet. Done what? To put yourself in the starring role in your life. What's in there is a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with you. So just imagine, you know, Oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do the dishes. I have to uh, clean the house. I have to take care of my parents. I have to um, take care of my money. I have to go to work. I have to sweep the front lawn and I got to clean the snow. I got to get there on time. I got to please my boss. Imagine you're laying on your deathbed, whether any of this will be important. No. No, but yet every day it's made important. So because this is a major arcana, major arcana talks about you in a multidimensional way, not in this kind of linear every day, but I gotta, 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 or my life is gonna fall apart if I don't do it, if I don't do this and if I don't do that. So your, your year to 17 months coming up 
is to begin to even understand this card. To even begin to understand what it means to be in the center of your life. It's not an easy task, but once you realize there are no have-tos, life completely transforms. And for you, Sarah, one of the biggest things is your creativity. Okay, now you've got the Magus or Magician card here. Now I always describe the Magician as, I'll describe a man first, as that kind of guy who walks into your house and sees something askew and goes clickety-clackety-clookety with some tools and puts it together. <laughs> Another way I usually describe this is the person who can go into the kitchen, you're gonna to relate to this, there's hardly anything. There's some baking soda, flour, you know, a, 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 a sort of, you know, aging fruits and vegetables and, you know, maybe some flour and whatever. And you look and you say, let's just order something. And the magician, goes in and cooks a, a gourmet meal. They, they create something out of nothing. And that's you. I love you, girl. <laughs> Ditto, sweetie. That's you. And you've got to know that because that's what you're that's one of the things that can help you play the starring role in your life. Okay, my darling, it's clear, clear. You got, um, I'm just going to give you a few other cards that have told me this. The two of batons has mentioned, remember I said two of cups at the beginning? Then two of swords, uh, two of batons came up, which is two of creativity. You're filled with it. I know that can be the hardest thing to monetize is your creativity, but you know, that might be your focus. It's like, hey, let's just monetize this. Let's just charge for this. You know, let's just do it. It shows that over the next four weeks to four months, that your mind's going to be more at peace, less self-derogatory, less self-abnegating, less self-critical. Go with it. Go with it. Okay? Oops. Um, your fear, hope, is whether you're going to ever get out of this uh, confusion of your creativity. So it's... It's not often you you see someone like this in a reading because um, it's usually artists who can't monetize what their creativity is, but you've definitely got it. So your fear is pretty rational. It's like, well, I'm really creative about things, but how do I get this out there? And you might need to, you know, research it a bit more, find someone who can um, bring you out there um, help you to to manifest whatever it is whether it's a cookbook whether it's whatever it is it's it's time girl yeah um 
right now, though, d d don't worry about rushing. Eh? You got you got a good three years to make all this this happen. It doesn't have to be overnight. Okay, um, your cards say no change right now, and that's that's nice to know. You're also in a seven year, and it's going to continue for a while, so you don't have to do anything. Let things also brew and allow your creativity to come to the surface. You got a second Magus card. And this is how um, others see you, which means that uh, you don't always allow others to see your creativity. So it could be very revealing that the cards brought it up because you won't actually bring it up which links to false pride, right? So there's one thing, you know, humility is great. And we're humiliated all the time in life, right? It's it's not a bad thing to be humiliated. It happens all the time. Humility or humiliated? Humiliated. Uh, it happens all the time. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah you, on one point, though, it's like... Uh... <laughs> okay, but I'm talking about the ego. Not, not, not terrible humiliation. It's, it's what's a good thing is when the ego gets a little kick in the in the pants yeah, yeah, and yeah. hubris de deflates. That's a good thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. that that's kind of good. Um, what I, what I'm getting at for you is that you have, um, you you haven't any pride for what's natural in you. Did, did you 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 haven't got the feeling of pride for what is naturally occurring in you. So, you know, when a little kid, you know, starts walking, you kind of get that feeling, yeah, that's the real pride. Look at them, right? They they make a drawing of, you know, a triangle and it looks like a squiggle and they're really proud, right? It's not the time to turn around and say, that's not, that's a squiggle, not a triangle. It's like, great triangle, great effort, you know? Um, they're not ready to draw a triangle. When they're ready to draw a triangle, it might be good to say, okay, that's that's good, a good effort, but here's a triangle, let me show you. Let me help, you know, let me let me show you what a real triangle's like so you can you can learn something. But when they're too young, there's no point, right? It's like, why would you do that to someone? That's, that's terrible humiliation. Um, but when the ego is humiliated, it's likely good, right? Because you're you're like okay, is that ego? Is that, is that actually my pride? So likely in your life you've been over humiliated for things that you were naturally prideful of, and now it's time to kind of regain that yourself. Which again, it's so related to the the star upside down, where the star is telling you that you need to get in the center of your life. So let's say it's false humility or excessive humility, but it's false, right? If, if, you, if you don't allow yourself to speak about your own creativity, you don't see it, you don't show it in the world, then like, why not? Yep. Why not? You know, you got it. It's like having a business and going into a cave and saying you're waiting for clients to come. No, you got to put a shingle out. You've got to, you know, walk around and go, look, if you go in there, I have this special, you know, technique for you to meditate and, and levitate. You know, you got to tell people. Yeah. And uh, you don't, you somehow don't tell people enough. You will, you will usher everyone in the doorway to your energy and your world. And you will 
um, give them the the sort of platform, but you have to do the same for yourself. For myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no matter with all this said, the final conclusion card of your Celtic cross still says pleasure, happiness. You're going to make it to the end. That's the outcome. <laughs> yes, it's it's the outcome. So as you're getting closer to the nine, right, which means that would be, there are too many layers here, but Let's, let's talk about 2020 for a second. Let's say this whole process of transition would take till 2020 where you'd be letting go. Though, the, because the card is so close to the, in, you know, the present, like four months latest, we're already looking at 2018, uh, sorry, 19, where you're going to be experiencing this sort of happiness, bliss, and joy of what what you're trying to attain internally, okay? So you're not you're not trying to. Well, your 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 focus right now is not about what you can do in the world. The focus needs to be on what you can do inside yourself. And you know, when it comes to the laws of the universe, if you're saying yes, I'm ready, it's open, and I'm you know telling people about what I'm doing and I've got it out there. Well, law of attraction. Right. There are there are universe, immutable universal laws. Right. This is the hardest one for everyone because they say, well, you know, I'm thinking all the positive thoughts and, you know, I should have what I want. But it's not that. No, because the, the conscious mind is like an iceberg. There's a little bit on the top and then you got the soul unconscious. So yeah, if you're that, yeah. yeah. So if you're using the cues and clues from this reading, which is getting you back into the center of your life, and you got two major things here, getting in the center of your life, knowing you're the magician, and also um, having real pride in what you're able to do. You might, uh, you know, sensing from you, I'd say you might be coy when uh, someone compliments you. What's coy? It's that kind of, you know, pulling back and, and um, sort of going, okay, yes, but a little bit shy about it or a little bit, um, you'll tamp it down a bit, right? So, so instead of just, yes, thank you very much. You know, yeah. it's yeah. gonna be hard for you to just say thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but the moment you start doing it and you just say thank you very much because the mind will come in and go, yeah, but it's not as good as it could be and it's not as good as so-and-so's and it didn't, instead of, you know, hear what someone says. There's no reason to doubt what someone says. There's there's no reason to doubt it unless they've given you reason to doubt it. And then I would wonder why you're hanging around that person. But, you know, uh, someone gives you, uh, says to you, wow, they, you know, this is great. Great. You know, you did you did a great job. Thank you. And that will also reinforce your ability to to really notice what you can and can't do. And then when you do have criticism, it would be something you might go, yeah, what, tell me, tell me what, what's going on. What is it, you know, not someone's personal idea, no. right? You know, you can't, you, you can't feed a thousand people and listen to every one of their criticisms. They're gonna all have a preference, right? <laughs> there's, there's no way to do that. But let's say you're with someone who's a cook and says, you know what you could try with this? Add a little current. You know, or get, try not try this next time. I don't know if it'll work, but hold back, 
you know, a quarter of a teaspoon of baking soda and see what happens. And you might go, wow, thanks for the tip. What, you know, and you, you guys in your chemical, because you're your chemists, obviously, as cooks, right? So, so you you know what the reaction would do, and it might spark something in you, or you might say, no, like like, um, well, we're, you know, as a Greek, we put muhalepi, it's muhalepi in 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 Greek uh, bread and Easter bread, yeah. and of course, my my grandmother is it comes from from uh, the Greeks from Turkey. So, so she put tons of muhalepi in and, um, you know, people thought it was weird. And of course I go eat their, their, um, egg bread or whatever you want to call it. And it's, I think it's terrible because it doesn't have it. So, you know, it's going to depend where you come from or the Turks also put cinnamon in, you know, we put cinnamon in our meat sauce. We put, um, yeah. You know, cinnamon in the tomato sauce, in the giblets, you know, just to, to give it that flavor. Whereas, you know, a part of my family lineage comes from Kasriya, northern Greece. And it's quite hilarious. They don't like it. And quite frankly, most 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 people from that village, I, I'm saying this live now, they can't cook. <laughs> they're, just, they're just the worst cooks ever. And, you know, somebody told me that and I was like, yeah, but my grandmother was a great cook. And she went, yeah. And, and it was my mom who said, yeah, but she wasn't from there. She was from Kozani. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fascinating, right? But yes, every historian practically, not, every, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm being, making a massive generalization, but, you know. My mom's from Oh, really? Was she a good yeah. one or a bad one? Very good. Very good, good one. So you get, you get some that are good and some that, that. My grandfather was a baker. He owned bakeries. There you go. And there are really good zakharoplasties there, right? Lots of bakers and, and they're great. So, so you get these jewels amongst, yeah, whereas, you know, when I go to the other side of the family, you know, so this side of the family, you got this rare jewel and then you go to the other side of the family and you're like, they all cook well and they're all different and they, they make amazing food and so do their offspring. Whereas the other one's like, yeah, whether well, take it or leave it. So it's fascinating. Anyway. So let me just get back to, you don't have that many cards left and we're running. Oh no, we got some time. So um, what, what happens then as we get through this nine? So I'm being vague about this nine because as I said before, it's got layers. So you've got, you know, the, the nine years coming 2020, you're, you're likely endings, getting into some of that energy of nine right now because as i said your psychic year um your the year of your psyche your psychological year is already in a nine this year so that's bringing a lot of energy and transition to you for the for letting go of stuff this is more you know anything in your psyche right like so the mental stuff so you can see your reading is even covering yeah you're just really tossing out the mental stuff and and next year would be really figuring out that Magus and the and the star. So, you know, as this is occurring and it goes into next year, we've got we've got pleasure and we've got you in the abundance card, which is the Empress. So, you're coming into a better place of things of things working out and you um, getting into the kind of universal law of abundance. So it's time and um, okay. yeah, it's it's time. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, you're allowed to say it. 
You're allowed to say that on the podcast. <laughs> We're leaving it free. <laughs> bleep, yeah. Uh, bleep, yeah. You can beep yourself, yeah. Now, what's interesting is you've got the rebirth card upside down. So in next year, you might be having angst for a total rebirth. The card is there and it's going to happen, but it doesn't need to happen before it's time. So it's just being patient with yourself. It, it will occur, okay? okay. Now, what's, what's also incredible as part of next year, let's say starting from May going to um, the end of the year, is you've got more fire coming up. So one is your strength, fire is creativity. So you've got strength, creativity, passion. Um, it's just moving right through you. So you won't know what that is till you get there. You can't possibly figure that out. It'll start to brew and you'll notice your creativity is coming up. Which I won't be able to imagine it, right? Not really, no. Because I've been trying to and it's just, I can't. No, you, you can't because you, you can't do in advance what hasn't happened. But you can listen to stories. So um, a little kid sitting around, um, you know, saying to their parents, they're sitting on a dirt road, let's say, and the parents are, you know, in their little house and the kid's like, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. And then starts, you know, walking around, hands in his pockets, and he kicks a stone and the stone hits another stone and it perks him up. And then he starts to kick the stone and kick another stone. And then he starts to pick up the stones and organize them. This is a, a creative moment and then creates a game. And then he might think, hey, this is a great game to play with my friends. We could compete, right? They've never seen the game before and they, they make up their own game. So you wouldn't foresee that creativity unless you've come to, to a place of, there's nothing on my, my canvas, right? The moment there's nothing on the canvas, I'm not talking about writer's block or artist's block, I'm talking about empty canvas where there's nothing, and there's boredom. There's not the angst of thinking of what you're gonna do. There's like, okay, and it'll be a, a, a time of space. And, you could jot this down on your calendar, let's say, as you as you get into winter next year, so around your birthday going into winter, um, make an hour a day where you can sit in a room and do absolutely nothing. You're not allowed to clean the room or anything. It's not meditation you're talking no, about. No, no. So you can be totally bored and see what comes up. You know, it might be a recipe. It might be what you need to do for a book, you know, a recipe book. It might be whatever it is, you know, just get completely bored. Before that, you know, you could try it, but if you're going to use the reading as a, as a signpost, um, it's going to be a lot better than, than it will be now. Though I'm not saying don't do it. You could say, well, maybe I'll do it an hour a week, you know. I heard uh, recently that boredom brings the creativity. And that's why you're not talking about it. Okay, you've already heard it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, there's a great video by John Cleese on creativity. He talks about it. Um, with children, you got to let them get bored. This constant activity in front of the screen, they never get bored, so they don't create. They just yeah. consume information and they become, you know, kind of 
information possessed, let's say, and that's all they regurgitate, but there's no, um, no creativity. I notice kids who don't necessarily like screens and kids who don't, um, you know, get on them. They're, they're often really creative kids. Uh, they just, they're just creating things all the time, writing stories and plays, but they're not sucked up on the screen. So that's an interesting uh, factor as well. You know, I get up at, at 3.34 in the morning and, you know, I do some work, but once the, the, the posts are done and my writing is done and my, um, you know, my, my first emails are answered, there's a blank space you know, just a, a blank space where there's nothing. I can't speak out loud because everyone else in the house is asleep. Um, you know, I don't really want to listen to anything. And I sit and in that space is when I find that creative, um, well, something creative comes up for my next post, right? Because the, the, the posts are not, I don't even know how this is all happening, but it started to happen. And then I went, what, what's going to happen if I stop creating? So I'm like, well, if it stopped creating, quote someone, do do something else. You don't have to pressure yourself. And uh, and I found that so alleviating not to pressure myself. But I leave that space to be able to see what's going to to come up and out of me, right? And play around with it and, and have some fun. So, you know, making work a little bit fun. It's torture some days, but it's fun as well. You know, you can't you can't escape the difficulty. So, um, like I said, the, the creativity is going to rise to the surface more towards the September of 2019. And then you've got this, these two cards that sound awful. One is defeat and one is ruin. But they're in the best place. They're in the mind. So when the mind is ruined and defeated, you're, you're free to have an equilibrium in the mind. Right? Wow. Well, if your mind... Well, because... The, the mind is represented by a sword and the sword flails with all of its thoughts and cuts your soul. That's what the mind does. And usually most of us cannot think. We do not know how to think. We believe we are our thoughts. We believe we are our mind. It is very, very difficult to break the spell of the mind. It's taken me 58 years and I only broke it this summer where I finally understood my thoughts are simply have nothing to do with me. They might ramble through and I, I just like, thanks, but I'm doing something else right now. And <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll just come in and, and, and be there, but I don't, I don't pay attention to them. Thinking is something else entirely. It's, it's a very different way of looking at the world, which I'm not going to go into now, but you're showing the, the beginnings of of breaking some of your spell because you believe everything your mind tells you. We, we all do. Well, we all at some point do. Some people don't at all, but most people believe their thoughts are real and they'll, they'll analyze them and, you know, cut their thoughts into pieces and then analyze those pieces. So now they got a bunch more thoughts and they think they need to fix them. You don't need to do anything to thoughts. They just pass by like a videotape or they pass by like those streamers on the on the end of an airplane that advertises things. You you have choice as to whether you're going to pay attention to them or not. Uh, and the problem that causes this interconnectedness or codependency is that you think, no, no, whatever's in my head is real. 
it's true, and I got to beat it. No, you don't. That's, that's also a thought that is a lie. You don't have to do any of that. The mind is what it is. It's a thing that has thoughts in it. The, to, to think, you must use the mind to think, whereas most people allow the mind's thoughts to use them. So the analysis in the mind is the mind trying to make sure that you keep thinking about the future in the same way as you thought of the past. Because, oh, this happened to me in the past. So I said to so-and-so this, it didn't work. So I predict it's not gonna work in the future. Yeah, well, if you believe that, then it's gonna happen that way. But if you shift your perspective on things, you can go back, use the same technique and it'll be completely different, completely different. It'll work in a completely different way. So that's a little bit complex for your reading, but just to kind of bring that idea down to the to the sort of material here, the manifest. So it's it's saying that you're gonna to start to break that spell. You're gonna to start to see probably your circumstances and things improving will also let you know that those past circumstances don't necessarily predict the future. They just don't, right? So your story is having gone through all of the battles, this is like Ulysses. You've been Ulysses battling the Hydra and the and the uh, Cyclops and you've done it all and now you're gonna have to be in a process for about uh, one, two, yeah, two to three years of transmuting it all into wisdom, which means you have a, a big change and, and your new cycle, so um, begins in 2021. Right, so that's great. Yeah, you're already prepping for that new cycle. So you'll be setting everything in place for what you need to do. All right, let me just check our time. So we've got a few minutes left. And do you have a question? Well, I'm not sure if I have it anymore. <laughs> okay. But I'm gonna ask it anyway, because I'm not sure if you answered it. So um, uh, I wish to be aligned with my project goal, which started a year ago. What do I need to do for it to manifest now? Oh, you can't make it manifest now. That's it. So you that's, that's not quite possible. But what you need to, to, the only thing you need to look at is being the star in your life. There you go. Yeah. And, and that is going to, now that can change the time frames. That can bring things a little bit closer. Though your nine of cups still tells you you're quite close. You're not, you know, you're not far away. Uh, even though your cycle's not ended, you're still in a transformational place where things can fall into place for you. How do I get myself to be the star of my life? Back? You need to, to, well, you could do that exercise when you're thinking I have to, I should, I must. Think about being on your deathbed and what really will it really matter? And you'll see what happens. Like every exercise has an outcome that isn't necessarily um, there. There isn't a goal, right? So, so let's say I start stressing, which does happen. You know, I get a lot of things on my plate and I start stressing, and I feel my body contract and I go, "Oh boy, if you're on your deathbed, does any of this matter?" No. Lean back, relax and just look at, well, what's my priority right now? It might be rest, so I'll lay down. Yeah. It might be 
uh, have a drink of water. It might be time for lunch. And then see, you, you just sit there and you go, okay, so what, uh, anything I need to do? And it just arises spontaneously. There's no forcing or pushing, which is direct quote from Nizagadatta Maharaj, which is no need to push life about. This, this is the idea that you think you have control and you're gonna push yourself, but it's so fallacious, right? Though, again, I will repeat, you, you, you appear to have choice. We live as though we have choice, but whether we have control over the choice is another thing. So when I say, if, if I say, okay, I have no choice whatsoever, that's ridiculous, of course I do. I can stop pushing myself. And the moment I do, body relaxes and think it's like the clouds clear and I see exactly what's essential. You know, the, the first time I ever, um, you know, learned to do, to make a priority list. So I would have all these things I needed to do and I'd work, you know, 15, 16 hours a day. And it was absolutely ridiculous, right? I'd just be working, working, working. And uh, my health was declining. So I was recommended to just make a priority list. So I started making a list like of two things to do because that's all my energy could tolerate. You know, maybe do a couple of sessions and clean the dishes. You know, that was it. And um, I started doing it. And after two weeks, all of a sudden I was looking around going, why do I have nothing to do? What's going on? And I realized most of the space was filled with my head running me in circles. And once that stopped, it was like, really? You mean everything I used to do in 16 hours, I could do in two hours? Are you kidding me? It was the, the biggest revelation of my life. And then, and now I still, I still work long hours, but a lot of it is creative, enjoyable. And the, 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 the things, to, things that I force myself to do, I don't, I just don't do. I'll change it. Even if it's a, a session with a client, if I'm not feeling right, well, that's disrespectful to them. And I just postpone it. Most people are happy to do that. They're very happy right. to do that. I just don't bother. And you know, if I do, I rarely see people in person. Very few people I see in person. Um, and I prepare accordingly. Like I make sure my day before is quite restful and um, and then I can see them in person because I, I'm HSP, I'm a high sensitive. When someone's actually in front of me, they, their energy is so overwhelming to me that um, we lose the quality of the session as well, which I keep trying to explain to people. It's so much better if we do this online. Uh, I can give you a lot more, but once you're in front of me, you're gonna overload me. Uh, and, and I can't, I don't, don't know how to kind of deal with it all the time. I've done it for years, but I found that, no, it's just because I'm HSP. And there's nothing to do about that. You're in front of me, I experience everything that's going on in you, and then I just want to go to sleep. It takes about three minutes for me to be overwhelmed. You know, just by the hello, how are you? How are you doing? Um, you know, the blah, 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 and then the, the settling them in. And I'm like, oh my God, I could have done miracles of work in this time and I'm already inundated by all of this sensory information and then they'll talk for 20 minutes which means again sensory overload and now I got to do the session 
and and they'll keep talking throughout the session. So I've learned now to go, well, great way is put the computer in front of me. Or some people don't even talk to me. We, we go back and forth in email and we'll do sessions that way. Except tarot. Tarot I do. Always online. So it's kind of interesting to figure those things out about ourselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Anything else you need to ask? No. Thank you so much, Sarah. And thanks everybody out there in podcast land. I hope you enjoyed that. Have a great day. Bye.